Hey everyone and welcome to Criminality, the podcast about reality TV, true crime, the intersection of both. It's the holidays, can you tell? Hi Melissa. (laughs) (laughs) Hi Rebecca. There at the beginning I was afraid your voice was just going to keep (laughs) ascending and I was wondering where we were going to end up. Yeah, peel me off the ceiling. I felt like my whole body was ascending. Um, okay, I'm grounded. I've found my voice again. I really just wasn't sure what I was doing for just one second, but that's because um, Happy Hanukkah and Merry Almost Christmas, everybody. It's like we are peak December times here. Peak. And what a great time for us to release a new episode. So many shows. Those lazy shows don't have shows coming out this week, including Moms and Murder. So I feel okay saying that. Um, I love it. Those lazy shows that put out four episodes a month and we put out two and we're like, slackers. Yeah. No, I I love that we Um, hopefully will be giving the gift of, hopefully it'll feel like a gift. Yeah. To our listeners. Yeah. It'll feel like a gift or a lump of coal. You never know how it's going to go. No, if you don't have a Scott Stapp episode, you're fine. Just you're fine. hold your horses. You never know. <laughs> There's a Scott Stapp inside. No, I don't want to say Oh, no. There's a Scott Stapp inside all of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Okay. We'll put that in the uh, third drop of merch category. There you go. We will not. <laughs> um, how are you? It's been a minute. Yes, I'm good. Um, The holidays are a very frazzling time. I've told you, Rebecca, this is like, this would be my third year sending my son to my parents with my nephew. That's like, I, I truly, when I say I wait for this time of year, like, screw Christmas. I'm waiting for the three days my son and nephew go visit my parents because he has so much fun. Yeah. And I like plan my whole year around these three days to organize things. Like that's truly when I clean out closets, all that stuff. Well, it did not work out this year for numerous reasons that kept new ones kept coming up. And we were literally five minutes from my sister's house when she called and said, I think my son has hand, foot, and mouth. He didn't. He had scarlet fever. Yikes. People could get scarlet fever. I did because it's going around like RSV, hand, foot, mouth, and scarlet fever. It's like back with a vengeance. I'm so sorry. Is he doing okay? Oh, yeah. He's doing fine. So it works out. They have the coolest life. They're going to India in five days for my brother-in-law's brother's wedding. It's like (gasps) one of those... 10 day. Oh my gosh. Amazing. Like you would love it. I sure would would. absolutely love it. So she sent me the dance that they're doing. Like it's a whole thing. I love watching those. Yeah. It's so, it's so cute to see like my nephew and niece, you know, practicing this dance and stuff. So anyway, it's, it's all's well that ends well. Um, but I'm in a new hell in the words of um, <laughs> Taylor Swift. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. It, it's it's fine. It's good. But everyone's healthy or on their way to being healthy. And and it's, it, you know, life. Yeah, no, but you're allowed to feel it because there's, it's like, it, you'd be fine if your kid wasn't planning to go there. Like these next three days, it's, it's the plan. Yeah. It's the foil of the plan and like just kind of the disappointment and the countdown was on and it was thwarted. And yeah, I yeah. get it. I've been counting down since 364. It's <laughs> yeah. been a whole thing. But he really has so much fun. So it's not, I'm not trying to ditch my kid, of course. No, but it's no, like it's a, a win-win. It's win-win-win. It's just everyone's winning except Can't stop my parents winning. who are yeah. tired. All we do is win. Yeah. <laughs> but Rebecca, how are you? I'm good. I'm <laughs> I'm good. Sorry. The voice. There goes the voice again. <laughs> no, you know, holding on by a thread like we do in the mm-hmm. middle of Hanukkah and Christmas. Um... I am good. All my kids are home. 
Um, I'm really enjoying that, like settling in the house. And I really am ready for for a holiday at home. It's a strange year. My parents are traveling on Christmas and so is my husband's mom. For the first year in 20 plus years, we have no familial obligations to travel, to go visit anyone. No one's coming over. And I wish my parents and mother-in-law wonderful journeys. We're psyched, <laughs> like love them, but so excited to just, we're just going to hang yeah. out and we have a yeah. fireplace in our new house and we just Aww. got it like working. And so it's going to be cozy and it's going to be a cold Christmas in New York, the coldest in t- like 30 years they're saying. So Whoa. I will be by the fire if you need me. I don't need you on Christmas. I mean, in the nicest way, I <laughs> yeah. hope you just have a wonderful time. And now Thanks. I feel like a jerk because you're like, oh, my kids are home. And I'm like, I can't get this one no, out no. of my house. It's the age and let's be clear life yes. stuff going on. Yeah, they leave and then you want them to come back. It's the sick, vicious cycle of parenting. It's cruel and unusual. And trust me, in a few days, I'll be like, people like help me with stuff or leave. Like, yeah, trust me. Um, but yeah, it's an age thing when my kids were little loved the overnight at grandma's. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a whole thing. So yeah. Well, Rebecca, I am very much looking forward to this story. No pressure, (laughs) no pressure at all. This is the holidays. It's a happy time. Yeah. Um, and you're going to do great. You're going to, you won't scrooge this. You're going to do amazing. Thank you. I needed the pep talk. Um, I really went, can I say balls to the wall? Christmas balls to the wall? Ball, Luda balls to the wall. <laughs> you know, there were, I knew people would be excited to do this because it's a story in the news. And so let's, let's just get right into it without a it. preamble, shall we? Let's get into it. Our story, Melissa, begins in Atlanta. It will move to Nashville and it involves somebody named Savannah. There's our clues. Oh. Well, Let's not bury the lead. I think you, me, and most people listening know that earlier this summer, reality TV couple Todd and Julie Chrisley were indicted on charges of conspiracy to commit bank fraud, bank fraud, wire fraud, and conspiracy to commit tax evasion. A separate charge was given to Julie for obstruction of justice. Ooh. Yeah. And just last month, they were found guilty of and convicted for all of these charges. Now, perhaps like me, you also felt like this kind of came out of nowhere. In many of these other fraud cases we've seen across the Bravo and reality universe, there was more buildup and we knew the players. They were more familiar to us, like Teresa and Joe, Jen Shaw, even Tom and Erica, though that wasn't a criminal case. Who in the world are Todd and Julie Chrisley and how did they wind up here? is what I was asking myself. And I don't, I'm curious if people like knew all about them. I certainly knew their faces, but we'll get there. Knew his face. Yes. What a face. So as you might say, Melissa, this is a tale as old as time. (laughs) Boisterous family with no discernible talent or special skills gets a reality show to showcase their lavish lifestyle, crazy antics, and thirst for fame. The show blows up, leading to spinoffs, big ratings, even bigger paychecks. Oops, the family forgets to pay taxes on that income, finds themselves in debt and in trouble. See, it's simple. If we've seen it once, we've seen it a thousand times, except that it's not really what happened. The Chrisleys built their fame and fortune on a precarious house of cards that was just barely standing upright when that very first episode premiered. Let's walk it back a decade to 2012 when our story begins. Long before he was a star of the reality TV show, Todd Chrisley filed for Chapter 7 Bankruptcy. So Todd got to start in real estate, like so many people that we watch on TV do. First flipping houses, then he founded a company called Chrisley Asset Management, or CAM. CAM essentially is a full service, REO, real estate owned, management company, 
reading this definition dedicated to expediting the loss recovery and liquidation of your non-performing commercial and residential assets. So essentially they help banks recoup money on foreclosed on properties that didn't sell at auction and they'll get a commission for every sale. And they were doing well. Todd accrued some wealth and at one point was bringing in around a million dollars a month. Whoa. Yeah. In Atlanta. I mean, that goes a long way in the early 2000s. Yeah. Whoa. I know. So it wasn't a complete fraud for a minute, but it wasn't enough. What Todd blames the bankruptcy on is the real estate economy tanking, a bad investment deal. But what we'll come to find out is that a million dollars a month just wasn't enough for his and Julie's spending habits. In 2012, he filed for this bankruptcy in the state of Georgia, citing $49 million in debt. We will learn what that debt is in a little bit. $4 million in real estate assets, but less than $100 in his checking account. Yeah. I mean, been there, but um, but I never claimed to make a million dollars a month. Yeah. This is just the beginning of things not adding up, literally. Sure. The bankruptcy audit would end up leading to a complicated, when I say complicated, state investigation. (laughs) And all of this would unfold as America meets Todd and Julie on the unfortunately titled USA Network reality show, Chrisley Knows Best. Melissa, let's let's park here for a minute. Have you seen the show? What do you know of Todd and Julie? Do you hold any opinions of them? Okay, so the fact that you said USA Network already surprised me. <laughs> I forgot that that was number one, still a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and number two, you could have a show on it. Um, so I know <laughs> of them. I will say until this court stuff was coming out I had no idea what she looked like but I did know what he looked like because I'm not gonna say his face haunts my dreams but he does make appearances in my nightmares so I've seen him and then I know they have a daughter that does a podcast with Kale from right that came up in our recap and there's like one other family thing that they have custody of somebody and that's truly all I know okay of them yeah great so you're gonna learn a lot so much I actually thought Todd Chrisley's name was Chris Chrisley because he just looks like someone whose name would be Chris Chrisley. A hundred percent. Are we sure his God-given name wasn't Christopher Chrisley? We're not. In fact, I think it's like Michael Todd Chrisley or something, but he goes by Todd. And he's absolutely someone that would go by Todd when he didn't have to. Absolutely. If he's not going to be a Chris Chrisley, he's going to be a chosen Todd. (laughs) (laughs) I got to say he's one of few. I don't know a lot of people, a lot of chosen (laughs) Todd. All right. Well, before we get into the crimes, let's talk a little bit about how this show came to be. Not surprisingly, even that is based on a complete scam. So basically, after his success in real estate, Todd wanted to follow his lifelong dream of going into, any guesses? Hollywood? Nope. Was he a hairdresser? (laughs) Nobody really cares about his hair. We'll get to that. Fashion. That was his lifelong dream. In fact, it plays out on season one of the show and is never mentioned again. During this period, he wanted to open a department store called Chrisley and Co. And he met a woman named Annie Pons in LA. He was probably getting his hair done there, which we'll learn about. Yeah. They agree that she will, I don't know, they have a conversation and she apparently designs baby clothes and she's like, oh, buy my line of baby clothes for your future store. And he's like, not interested, but you could be a buyer. You've got good taste. She was like, great. So they agree that she'll start doing some legwork to establish connections in the fashion industry to open the store. So she goes to New York 
and she goes to Fashion Week and she establishes partnerships and connections for Todd's Someday Store. Apparently, they agreed that he would pay her $10,000 for her time and services, but he never paid. Their relationship kind of fizzled and they just lost touch. But a few years later, she's looking to change careers and she moves into unscripted TV production. And while she, I know, and she's kind of mad that Todd never paid her. And so she never really forgot him, but now she started thinking about him in a new light instead of as like the guy who owes her money. She's like, I think that guy's family would be great for TV. She remembers this like big boisterous family. She reaches out to him and is like, would you be interested in being on a show? I'd like to pitch you. She felt they could be the next big reality TV family. So he said, yes, they created a sizzle reel. They pitched it to 10 networks, Melissa, and they got nine offers. Wait, what? I thought you were going to say an only USA wanted to do this. So your comments about USA were so dead on the fact that they went with USA. They they don't say like what the amounts were to come on with USA, but I would imagine if they got 10 offers, they were getting competitive and they were getting lucrative offers. Sure. They went with USA and the show premiered in 2014. USA was really on the hunt to find their version of the next Kardashians, Osbournes, Kimora Lee and Russell Simmons. And they thought the Chrisleys could be it. Now, back to your point about the USA network. If the Chrisleys are that network's choice for a family to represent them, get me out of this country because (laughs) this family is trash. But let's get a more objective description of the show. Here's how USA Network themselves describes it. Multi-millionaire real estate developer and entrepreneur Todd Chrisley, his wife Julie, and their children are a picture-perfect Southern clan who have everything money can buy. But behind their over-the-top lifestyle lies a real family with real problems and major drama. Todd Chrisley runs his life like he runs his business with an iron fist and doesn't care who he upsets in the process. A major control freak with a flair for freaking out, he micromanages his family's every move and every expenditure. No hair is out of place in the Chrisley home and no kid is out of line, or so he hopes. Huh? Yeah. Uh, Not a great pitch or summary. I... Understand they mean clan with a C as in a family, but when yes. talking about a Southern family, a Southern white family, maybe just don't use the word clan. That was, that was the first thing that I thought was, what? It hits what your ears, right? It does. It does. Also iron fist, control freak, micromanaging. These are not positive traits. Yeah. Episode one is called patriarchy of perfection. Are you serious? I swear on the Holy Christmas. Yes. <laughs> Oh, oh my gosh. I swear on baby Todd. I cannot believe (laughs) that's the title. Wild. Okay. This wasn't that long ago. 2014. They were like, America's still, they're okay with this. All these major trigger points. Let's just throw them all into one show and put this really obnoxious man at the front of it. So now would be a great time. I sent you a clip so you can get a little audio taste of the family. Parents who hover create kids that have to be sneaky and do things behind their parents' back. But darling, sneak is in y'all's DNA. So it ain't got nothing to do with us hovering. You turned out fine. So I'd say that my hovering turned out pretty good. Is that correct? Okay. When'd you lose your virginity? I didn't lose mine, I gave it away. Okay, and I'm, I'm volunteering it. Mine's on a silver platter. You need to stop acting like you're Larry Flint. See me getting thrown under the bus just because I'm hanging out with girls. I'm, I'm a Christian. Christians get freaky. <laughs> 
we've made a lot of money in real estate, but now we're moving over towards another area, which is something that I've always wanted to do, and that's fashion. So impressions on the Chrisleys. You know, I'm going to reserve my judgment. It's okay. it's a reality show clip, and I'm sure it can't get worse, right? <laughs> Maybe get better. Yeah, it's only up from here, mm -hmm. uh, just like my voice at the beginning of the show. <laughs> okay, I think now's a good time to go over the family tree because it's big and it can be okay. confusing. So we, of course, have Todd and Julie Chrisley, the main characters and parents of the family in the show, with Todd being the clear patriarch, as we mentioned. He's oh referenced as that in the title. And primary narrator protagonist. This is the Todd Chrisley show. When they say Chrisley knows best, they don't mean anyone with the last name Chrisley. They mean Todd Chrisley. Like he is the guy in charge. Okay. Todd and Julie were both married previously. So they have three children together, five in total. Two, the oldest two are Todd's from his first marriage. Julie okay. came in with no kids. From oldest to youngest, we have Lindsay, who, again, Todd's daughter from a previous marriage. Lindsay, when the show premieres, is about 24 years old, and she's not living in the house. She's living with her husband, Will, who she met in college, and their newborn son, Jackson. So they have a little grandbaby, Jackson. A lot of the show's storyline revolves around the fact that she married Will and that Will had not come to ask Todd for permission to marry her, and they basically make no secret about not liking him. Todd dislikes this guy. Did you say a lot of the storyline comes just from him not asking Todd? Yes. Todd for permission to marry him? Correct. USA, come on. In 2014. Well, I guess it had happened maybe yeah. a year or so before, but still. I also have to unfortunately say this is probably the only place that I will ever see eye to eye with Todd, but this guy really is a dud. Uh, Will yeah. Campbell, he's just like, I mean, listening and watching him is like watching paint dry. So Todd really doesn't like him, but they adore and love Jackson, their grandbaby. And Lindsay only appears in the first four seasons because they have a family estrangement. More on that Ooh. later. Next, we have Kyle Chrisley, who's Todd's second child with his ex-wife. We meet him in season one as well. He's about 22, and we learn quickly that he has pretty significant substance abuse issues. He's okay. been to rehab for drugs and alcohol. We learn that Todd has spent over a million dollars trying to help his son. Various mm -hmm. rehabs sent him to Africa to do service work. Okay. Kyle has an infant daughter with his ex-girlfriend named Chloe. Kyle's addiction issues basically prevent him from having custody of little Chloe. Mm. And a lot of that first season is about the Chrisleys wanting to help Kyle become a father to Chloe. So they step in and take custody, partial custody with the Got mother it. of little Chloe. So she's the little girl you might've thought right. you saw that was, mm -hmm. so it's their other grandchild, Okay, Chloe. We'll hear more about Kyle and the relationship and estrangements again. Chase is next. He's the firstborn of Todd and Julie's kids. And this is where it's really important to delineate between like Todd's first kids and Julian Todd's kids. There is like really, I think he tries to hide it, but there is absolute like favoritism over their three shared kids. Oh, really? These are the kids Ooh. they prop up. He acts like he treats them all the same, but Lindsay and Kyle really do have more complicated relationships with Todd, mm -hmm. whether that's because they're older or because of the divorce. I don't know, but Julie, Todd, and the three that I'm about to mention are very much like the primary unit that they try to make. I feel like they're like the picture perfect version of the family they always wanted. And like Kyle and Lindsay keep messing things up. 
Oh, okay. So Chase is the firstborn. Like I said, he's 17 when we meet him. He's girl crazy, always looking for get rich quick schemes. He's the one who said he wants to serve his virginity on a platter in that clip. Yeah, mm-hmm. I heard it. Savannah, our third clue and second daughter of the three that the two have together is um, 16 when the show premieres. In fact, her sweet 16, of course, is one of the episodes because what's a reality family TV show without an extravagant over the top sweet 16. And that whole thing was about like, will the football player she likes come and can boys go and can the parents be there? It's just so tired. So she's gifted a brand new Mercedes convertible despite not knowing how to drive. She's an aspiring model and beauty pageant contestant. She did go on to win Miss Tennessee in 2016. They live in Georgia at this point, but the show does start filming in Nashville two years later when they relocate there, hence the other clue. Okay. More on that later. Grayson is the baby of the bunch. So you've got these adult kids, teenage kids, and then there's Grayson's just eight when we meet him, maybe seven. He is a total brat, but completely, this kid is actually really funny. I don't know if they wrote lines for him and this kid's an amazing actor or if he really does have quips and comebacks. Total nightmare of a kid, but really actually funny and good comic relief to the show. Last but not least in the family and not the youngest. I know I was going oldest, youngest, but actually oldest is Nana Faye, Nanny Faye. Not okay. to be confused with Nanny Kay, Lisa, Lisa Vanderpump's oh, yeah. nanny. Um, you, this you is Todd's grandmother. <laughs> yeah, who? <laughs> um, Todd's 70-year-old mom lives with the family and she's what an old 70. Like, you know what I mean? Like 70 yeah, seems younger yeah. now that my parents are 70. She seems older. And honestly, they treat her like an old person and they pander to her and like, it's just annoying, but she's honestly the only person I can tolerate on this whole show. (laughs) So I felt like I needed to watch at least the first episode of the show to get a sense of who these people are, because like I said, I'd never seen a full episode. I could only picture his face just like you. But this show is really not my style. I never gravitated towards it. Like you said, didn't know where I could even find it. I do know that they show reruns on Bravo, which is why I do think there's a Bravo crossover and why Housewives watchers will know about them because Mm. they do show them reruns on Bravo. Well, I watched one episode, which turned into two. And before I knew it, I'd purchased the whole season on Amazon Prime. Now this show was never, I know it's a business expense, right? (laughs) This show was never critically acclaimed. It had mixed reviews, but people watched. Yeah, I know. By season three, they were pulling in 3 million viewers, which at the time was the second most watched unscripted show. Second to deadliest catch. Melissa, I had the gift of watching this show with my current knowledge that these are now convicted felons. Right. (laughs) Who are complete frauds. But I don't think you needed that information to watch and see that the writing was on the soon to be foreclosed upon walls. <laughs> Please take a listen to this clip from the first season, episode five of Chris Lino's Best. This is Julie talking about the importance of where you come from. I think we live a very blessed life. We've had beautiful things and hopefully we'll continue to have those things, but we're starting to gravitate more towards what we came from. Okay. So I mentioned that clip because they know that they're in the middle of filing for bankruptcy when they recorded that. So when she says, we've been lucky to have beautiful things, I hope we'll always have beautiful things. She is really saying like, God, I really hope, you know, things are falling apart behind the scenes, essentially. And I think she's also trying to say, but we're, this whole process has taught us that we're really just trying to go back to like our simple roots, like where we came from. Neither of them came from money. 
I think so it things was, change. That's kind yes, of what we wanted. I think she's setting the scene to be like, if this all comes out and crumbles, like remember mm. what I said. But I think the big tell there is like, I hope we'll always have these beautiful things. I think that was pretty much their driving mission in life was okay. to have beautiful things, including a beautiful family who doesn't make mistakes. Good luck. Right. Yeah, exactly. Okay. She also said this to People Magazine when they asked how she's adapting to living life in the public eye. Julie said, people are watching, people are looking at you, whether that be good or bad, they're going to catch it all. Oh yes, they sure are, Julie. So what exactly did they do that got them caught? Well, what you believe about this case depends on who you believe about this case. There are competing narratives with an alleged sex tape and an affair thrown in for good measure. So let's get right into it. I'm into this. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. For a quick break from this week's sponsor. So the crimes that Todd and Julie are now convicted of, so there is, you're never going to hear the word alleged here. This happened, (laughs) (laughs) occurred between 2007 and 2012. Now keep in mind that the show premiered in 2014. So they knowingly stepped into the spotlight (gasps) with all of this in the past, some of which was still in play, unraveling when production began. So bold. Oh my gosh. That's what I don't understand with any of these reality stars. Although I guess they're just so desperate that you know, maybe that's what it is that they're like, well, maybe that we can make money and absolutely fix things. I, think I don't they know. Kept throwing money like to fill holes and stop bleeding. Mm-hmm. And it's like this blind optimism slash, you know, delusion that they just might stay ahead of it enough to make it all work out in the end. Um, that is a Yikes. very particular way of moving through life that I don't think you or I are particularly comfortable with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So before the 2019 federal indictments, which led to the 2002 trial and subsequent conviction, there was a state investigation in Georgia. Now, if the rest gets confusing, it's because it really is. And it all overlaps. There's the bankruptcy hearing, the state investigation and a federal investigation. A state investigator began looking into the Chrisleys during their bankruptcy hearing. Their lifestyle and the numbers were not adding up. What they discovered and would later be revealed in the federal case against them was essentially a complete Ponzi scheme. Todd, Julie, and their business partner, Mark Braddock, former business partner, I should say more on him later, were taking out business loans for their legitimate business, CAM, Chrisley Asset Management, that was earning them a million dollars a month, but they couldn't be happy with that, spending the money from the loans they would get on personal things like travel and clothing, Todd's twice a month haircuts in LA, which includes highlights. Hold on, (laughs) going to LA for his haircuts? Twice in a month. And that's what his hair looks like. Yeah. And it looks like that. (laughs) It's like pretty basic. Yeah. So they would then pay back the old loans with the new loans and then just repeat the cycle. And because they were spending so much, they would have to falsify documents to show they had more money in the bank than they actually did to get the new loans. Now, Melissa, you are, and I'm not just saying this, are one of the most honest people I know. Uh Probably more than me. I'm pretty honest. On top of that, you're anxious, paranoid, Uh and a rules follower. So you would never falsify a bank document. You're welcome. That's a compliment. But if you were going to, how would you do it? Like literally, how would you manipulate a document for a bank? Um, I, I don't think I can help you here. I don't know. Like immediately... I'm worried that my stomach is acting up. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Okay. If I'm, I'm not even going to put you in this. I'm not even going to put you in this uncomfortable situation. I like that. You won't even, you don't even want your I hypothetical answer to be recorded and documented. I understand. Oh. Julie Chrisley, bless her heart, really is a Southern lady because she literally cut and pasted, printed out pieces of paper, no, cut them, 
taped and glued them to other pieces of paper, then scanned those hack jobs and submitted them as official bank documents. It was so bad that later in court, they were referred to as scrapbook documents. It's like she was scrapbooking (laughs) her finances. I, I think she used tape and glue sticks. So I think she did this lest we think she's an entire, like a complete idiot. I think she did this to not have the evidence on her computer, like editing a document with PDF or Adobe. But while she's taking great care to do this, like hard copy, literal copy and paste job, there's texts and emails between Todd Chrisley and their former business partner, Mark Braddock, where Todd is thanking him for making the docs look so good. And could he make another that reflects $4 million in the bank, please? (laughs) To which Mark would reply, like with a screenshot of a new PDF and he'd be like, perfect. It just electronic sends all over the place while she's cutting and pasting cutting and pasting oh my gosh like get on the same team for goodness sakes if you're gonna do this that's wild exactly wild so at some point mark braddock starts skimming from the top he's like i'm doing this shady stuff for them and i should be compensated good for you mark yeah i know in this weird tale of like complete fraudsters and thieves it's like yes get yours mark yeah they're taking advantage of you i think he He's knows it's jesse a risk pinkman in this story <laughs> who's jesse pinkman? oh sorry that's from breaking bad I, oh, as soon okay. as i said it i thought no yeah. i'm cheering for you mark okay well hold that thought okay dang it but so he starts stealing money but the question is like if he's stealing money that's actually stolen was it really any Whose money is it really? But that's that's neither here nor there. So <laughs> now I'm worried about you, Rebecca. I know. Now I'm, it's getting really meta. So eventually Todd learns what's going on and they fire Mark. The Georgia Department of Revenue continues looking into the Chrisley's bankruptcy, who are now blaming everything on Mark. When they start raising suspicions about certain tax evasions and forms, the bankruptcy is growing into more of a broader investigation. Now, remember when I mentioned competing narratives? Yeah. This is one of them. There's what Mark said happened versus what Todd and Julie say. Mark Braddock knows the Chrisleys are under investigation, and he also knows that he aided in some of their crimes, so he gets ahead of it. He decides to go to the state and share what he knows. This leads to the federal investigation, and before that, the years-long state investigation with the D- Georgia Department of Treasury, which actually ended somewhat somewhat favorably for the Chrisleys. The Georgia Department of Revenue settled their $2.1 million tax evasion charge. So Georgia was like, you haven't paid taxes in years. Right. You owe $2 million. They settled with the Chrisleys, who paid $148,000 out of pocket to resolve it. Now, okay. the Chrisleys were like, we won, we're exonerated. But the legal opinion around this that I read is more like, no, that's a settlement. You didn't really win. Right. Now, before moving on to the federal case, I have to mention that the Chrisleys made this ordeal with the state of Georgia even harder on themselves by publicly badmouthing the state agent who was investigating them on their podcast, Chrisley Confessions. How's no. that for a title? That is, oh my gosh. <laughs> so oh. Todd, and I should say Todd did this. I mean, Julie is a co-host, but it's really him. He constantly defamed this woman saying she got her job through nefarious means, was lying and relying on illegal searches to conduct the investigation on him. And for what it's worth, the alleged illegal search included this warehouse where the Georgia Department of Treasury found all their actual bank documents, not the ones Julie doctored. Oh my god! So I don't know. That doesn't feel like an overreach to me to go to like a storehouse. Yeah. <laughs> no. Why are they keeping their real ones if they're doctoring them? Like you'd think that would be like destroy one and cut and paste fraud. This is oh a hack god. job from the get. 
So that agent ends up suing the Chrisleys for defamation of character, saying her career and reputation have been tanked. And that is actually still in continuing. Like that is still playing out. Now they're convicted felons. I have no idea what will happen. So how does Todd respond to the defamation suit? He sues her boss. In 2019, Chrisley sues Joshua Waits, the director of the Office of Special Investigations for Georgia's Revenue Office, who was this woman's boss. Can you imagine being in hot water and knowing what you know you've done? Right. And aggressively, like, getting litigious and thinking that is somehow going to... I think they just were going for, like, smoke, a smoke show. Like, look over here. Uh Uh-huh. Well, that or, like, spaghetti against the wall. Just, like, whatever. They could make anything. I think it was... Yeah, it was definitely a strategy. I don't know if it was good, but it was definitely... They were hoping for something to work out in their favor. The lawsuit accused this agent Waits of unfairly targeting the Chrisleys so he could bask in the media spotlight that came with going after celebrities. The lawsuit also said that Waits threatened prosecution against numerous people and businesses on dubious tax evasion claims, using the threats as leverage for civil asset forfeiture actions. It goes on and says more about that. I do want to say, I think this agent was hellbent on taking the Chrisleys down. Okay. And again, I don't really see the problem in that. Like, I yeah, think when you doing his job, <laughs> yeah, you have a job. And don't you think like cops sometimes have someone like the big drug dealer in town or whatever? Like sure. you want to go after the big fish. Yeah. And so I think that's fine. They did find selfies of the guy with some of their forfeited, like seized assets, like furniture no. and cars. Like he took pictures of himself. Like it's probably inappropriate. I don't, <sighs> I don't know if there's rules against it. He also had a dartboard in his office with Todd Chrisley's face on it. Oh my gosh. Which is now all I want for Christmas. <laughs> oh, dang it, Rebecca. If I would have known. Oh my I know. gosh. I know. So I feel like I would really like this agent waits. Um, but I should also mention that he actually did resign during this lawsuit because during the investigation on him, it came to light that he didn't get a college degree. He like made up the name of the college where he said he got a degree. So he like a little bit is shady too. And that just shows like bad guys come on all sides of the story. Yeah, I know both can be true. So am I too honest? Because I would think I don't, I just, Am I, could I be doing better in life or something? Because these people are making up colleges and then working on fraud. I, people are bold. They are not afraid. People are unafraid. And you and I are not the same as we've discovered, right? We're the Jen and Judy. You're Jen, I'm Judy. Judy. Mm -hmm. But we're both rules followers. Yes. Maybe to like slight varying degrees, but we're not trying to break any laws or even like accepted norms within our industry (laughs) like right like maybe you know maybe a selfie isn't against the rules but it's probably like frowned upon you know but that would be so tempting the dartboard totally stand by all I want yeah just a dream (laughs) about a Todd Chrisley dartboard okay so from everything I'm reading it seems to me in my expert legal opinion (laughs) allegedly I mean you can have it just say you went to a college oh right where did you go did I ever tell you there was a rumor. PKU. It, well, proud graduate. You got your, de- got you the got sweatshirt. your law degree from PKU. Okay, say what you want. You're good. A sweatshirt is as good as a degree from PKU. I will tell you that much. In one of my old jobs, there was a rumor I went to Yale, and I don't know how it started because I didn't even finish college, and I had never, ever said I did. So there's no college on my resume, and I'm from a college town. I'm from Princeton, so I think they maybe right. heard that, but then they just, I don't know. 
I did nothing to stop that rumor. No, I was I just either. like, if it comes to me directly, I'll deny it. But I heard that people were saying it and I was just like, let them think that if there's any reason they believe it, that's on them. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. So according to my legal expert opinion, I think basically what happened when they resolved with Georgia's state, when they paid that 148,000, the feds were already circulating. And I think they kind of wanted the case. I think they were like, we got it from here, Georgia. Like, sure, this is this is going straight to the top. Okay, so when the federal government steps in, they don't just see erroneous tax filings or failure to make payments. They see a near decade long scheme that allowed the Chrisleys to keep up the facade of looking wealthy when in fact, neither Todd nor Julie had been employed since 2012, aside from the reality show nor would the real estate assets that they had, that $4 million, be providing revenue because they were all being held during the bankruptcy hearing. They couldn't like take money from them or mortgage or leverage those right. assets. Now, the following is from the U.S. Gov site, and it gives us a much more clear and in-depth picture of the scam that I mentioned before, this kind of like borrowing, kind of like, it's sort of what Tom Girardi did, right? He used settlement money to pay back vendors and other right. payments, misappropriation of funds in the legal yeah, sense. Yeah. This is what he, they did with loans. According to U.S. Attorney Buchanan, before Todd and Julie Chrisley became reality stars, they lied to local banks in the area to obtain more than, so remember the scam I mentioned, $30 million in personal loans is all in what they took. The Chrisleys, with the help of their former business partner, Mark, submitted false bank statements, audit reports for personal financial statements to obtain millions of dollars in fraudulent loans. They then spent the money on luxury cars, designer clothes, real estate and travel and used new fraudulent loans to pay back the old ones. After spending all the money, Todd Chrisley filed for bankruptcy. So remember, he said it was a bad deal. Right. Economy. That is how he walked away from $20 million of fraudulently obtained loans. Oh, it's actually maddening. Yeah. yeah. So at the time that they filed for bankruptcy, the show was just getting on its way. And they recorded in Atlanta and later in Nashville when they moved. But evidence at trial showed that while they were earning millions from their show, I think they started out with like 35000 an episode and it only got bigger and the seasons got longer, right? There were eight episodes right. in the first and then there's like 20 in the third. Evidence showed that Todd and Julie Chrisley, now we're bringing in a new player, their accountant, Peter Tarantino, conspired to defraud the IRS. What they did when they started the show was they created a loan out company. Have you ever heard of that? I haven't. I hadn't either, but apparently it's a very common practice. Don't want anyone to get upset if they have one, but some people who go into things like they're entertainers, they will create an account and get paid through it. It's like a shell company and it has tax okay. benefits when done legally appropriately with an accountant who plays by the rules. Right. But they did it to evade collection of half a million dollars in delinquent taxes owed by Todd. So they kept this corporate bank account in Julie's name only. They removed Todd from it. And one day the IRS requested information about the bank accounts in Julie's name and the Chrisleys transferred ownership of that bank account to Todd's mother in an effort <gasps> to further hide his income. Nanny Faye. Yeah. From the IRS. All the while, Todd was operating this loan out company behind the scenes and controlling the output of the money. So while they were earning millions of dollars from the show and evading paying the taxes, they also failed to file tax returns 
for the show for the years 2013, 14, 15, and 16. At one point, Todd falsely claimed on a radio program that he paid $750,000 to a million dollars in federal income tax every year. He said this on a radio show, even though he had not filed or paid his personal income tax in literal years. So Peter Tarantino, their accountant, was also convicted of filing false corporate tax returns for the loan out company, which falsely claimed the company earned no money and made no distributions in 2015 or 16. So they then say he wasn't lying. He's just a terrible accountant. They didn't even throw him under the bus and say he made all those mistakes like Mark Braddock. They're still saying Mark Braddock did all the illegal things. Right. Our accountant was just an idiot. Like, yeah. And he failed his CPA test three times. They said that. (gasps) I know. (laughs) I know. Special agent uh, Carrie Farley of the FBI in Atlanta said after their conviction, as today's outcome shows, when you lie, cheat and steal, justice is blind to your fame, fortune and position. In the end, when driven by greed, the verdict of guilty on all counts for these three defendant proves once again, financial crimes do not pay. You got to love that little tagline. Mm -hmm. She went on to say, yes, that they built an empire based on the lie that their wealth came from dedication and hard work. The jury's unanimous verdict sets the record straight. Todd and Julie are career swindlers who made a living by jumping from one fraud scheme to another, lying to banks, stiffing vendors and evading taxes at every corner. So they were sentenced. Todd got 12 years and Julie has seven. Wow. They will report to a low and minimum security prison in Florida on January 15th. So they're home for the holidays on house arrest as of this minute. Now, why do they have to send him to Florida? We don't need him. That's what's so complicated. And a part of the story that I couldn't understand enough to share, but at one point they started saying they lived in Florida because there's no state income tax in Florida. Mm -hmm. So it was advantageous for them to do so, but they never did. They vacationed there and I don't know why ultimately if that's just where the federal like Southern yeah, jail yeah. is like some people go to Brooklyn, some go into California and maybe the rest okay. go to Florida. Right. Like those are the three biggies. I'm not sure yeah. they're home for the holidays. No, this is just the legal and criminal proceedings. There's all this sex stuff I haven't even talked about yet. I know I'm literally waiting for that. Okay. So now I'm going to tell you about the Chrisley family drama that went hand in hand with the case and trial. First, let's just get Mark Braddock out of the way. If you recall, he's the one who also committed these crimes. He was granted immunity for all the information he gave them. So he is completely untouched. Now, the FBI at one point was like, why did you do this? Why are you, why did you come to us? Because he could have just waited to see how it played out. I don't know. There's a lot of reasons. They wanted to know what his motivation was. And he said that he had an affair with Todd back in the early 2000s. And that it ended, but that they remained in some kind of very close brotherhood, that they were more than friends. They were like brothers and Mark would do anything to make him happy. And that he also had lingering romantic feelings for him. It should note that Todd's sexuality is a big point of speculation. And I only mention it because it's on the record because of Mark Braddock's accusation or alleged affair with him and also comes up on the show. Todd doesn't shy away from the rumors. Yes. Everyone wonders if he's gay. And to that, he says it's a compliment. He's flattered. He loves and Julie loves that basically men and women find him attractive. But he also is like, also, if I took offense to it, that would imply I think there's something wrong with being gay and I don't. And so I thought that was a fair answer. Sure. But it is worth mentioning that this is a big point of speculation. And so it is an interesting thing to consider that 
maybe that is true with Mark, but we we truly don't know. It is his word yeah. against Todd Chrisley's who says there was never a romantic relationship. So right. how they countered that narrative was saying that no, they didn't have an affair. Mark Braddock was obsessed with Todd, wanted to be Todd, got a haircut like Todd, dressed like Todd, pretended to be Todd on phone calls and emails. And how that's how some of those crimes happened was he was impersonating Todd. Oh, it's like getting talented to be like Mr. Ripley. Yes. This is getting almost like lifetime movie ish. Yeah. yeah. I would put like, that would be okay. He said, he said, we just don't know. However, then this happened during the time Mark was still working for the Chrisleys, an anonymous source texted both him and Todd threatening to expose their affair if they weren't paid off. And there is proof that the Chrisleys did wire four payments of $9,500 each, which is total of like $38,000 yeah. to this account. Essentially, the Chrisleys were like, Mark Braddock is unwell and this is his revenge for getting fired. That was their story and they were sticking to it. But Mark Braddock was not the only person close to the family to speak with authorities, Melissa. Remember Todd's oldest son who has little Chloe and also has substance abuse issues? Well, when all this stuff was being investigated, he reached out to the Georgia State Tax Authorities and said, my family never lived in Florida, so I don't know what my dad is doing saying that he lives there and isn't, you know, paying the taxes there. He has, right. he does not live there. We vacation there. We don't own a home there. We live in Atlanta and Nashville. So when the indictments happened, Kyle resurfaces again and says, oh, and by the way, this was on an interview on Good Morning America. This was not like a small TMZ what? blurb. This was a on-camera Good Morning America. My dad and Julie are, you know, committing crimes. Whoa. They're lying. He was cooperating with the government. Now, Ooh. I couldn't, fit all this, but Todd had by this point, unfortunately relapsed. He had charges mm-hmm. of his own death threats to his ex-girlfriend, methamphetamine charges of possession right. using again, um, things were not going well. So is it possible? Authorities said, Hey, work with us. We'll work with you. Right. Yes. I don't Absolutely, really know yeah. because when the charges came out, he came out publicly and said, I know everything I said sounded like I didn't support my parents and that they did wrong things. They didn't. I was, you know, out of my mind. I'm an addict. I take it all back and I stand by my parents. It's actually oh, truly, gosh. truly sad. Yeah. So now he's back in the Chrisley's good graces because he's saying what they want him to say. But there's right. another Chrisley kid they need to worry about. This time it's Lindsay. In 2019, two days after Todd and Julie were indicted, Lindsay says that Todd and her younger half-brother Chase, so this was the younger, like the 17-year-old when the show started, but this was in 2019, so now he's like 22. Todd and Chase come to Lindsay and say, we need you to say a certain thing if you're asked about this. And that certain thing was a lie. Otherwise, we're going to show this sex tape of you that we (gasps) got our hands on. Her dad and brother? Yes, She said in the report that she learned her brother claimed to have purchased the sex tape and also stated that there is an ongoing issue with her family threatening and harassing her. In response to this, Todd makes the following statement. It's heartbreaking and shameful that these kinds of accusations have to be aired in public. We tried to keep Lindsay's extramarital relationships with Robbie Hayes and Josh Murray private for her sake since August of 2016. So listing the names, listing the names, putting that out there, saying... When Whoa. all she had said was, they say they have a sex tape. She denies that there is one. And then he, that's the response. He is so petty, oh. so catty. This is his daughter. Also, do those names sound familiar? Wait, our listeners will know who they are. Robbie Hayes and Josh Murray. They're both no. former Bachelor contestants. 
Oh, really? So Lindsay's now divorced from that husband, Will, who was paint drying. The dad. But uh, the dad. But I believe they were trying to make it work and together at that time. Lindsay then goes on to Dr. Phil and says, okay, there could be a sex tape. She didn't knowingly make it though. <laughs> Unfortunately, she had a sexual encounter with one of them. I don't remember which one, sorry. And they were at a friend's house. They were like house sitting and they were in the living uh-huh. room and it was their puppy cam, like the cam they leave <gasps> on for the dog. But that means that their <gasps> friends had the tape and released it or gave it to someone. It's so messed yeah. up. I know. And honestly, oh it leaves gosh. me with more questions than answers. So she says this on Dr. Phil. She later says no such tape exists. It's so confusing. I have a screenshot here and I'm going to post this on social media. Todd Chrisley has a tweet and he says, sometimes those that lie need to, the number two, be exposed in order, number two, stop the madness. Hashtag cheated twice. Hashtag thank God for puppy cams. Hashtag (gasps) J-M-R-H, J-A-M-R-H. Hashtag sue me over the truth. Hashtag psycho. That's to his daughter. Your kid. I know. So I think... She stopped talking. I think here's what I actually think. Rebecca, I'm having a hard time I, closing my mouth. No, I, I know am this is so this is more upsetting than the financial crimes, to be honest. Oh, totally. The way he weaponizes and uses his kids and manipulates them. But early on in the show, he had trackers on their cars, trackers on their computers. He said he had to approve every single outfit their kids wore when they were living in their oh. house. This is speculation. But I think he had information on, I think she backed down because she was afraid that he really was going to expose some really unflattering truths about her. And it's appalling. And this is a grown- dad to do that. Dad, yeah. For his gain. For his, his gain and his like reputation protection, but it isn't his reputation. Like his reputation is shot. I mean, he's, and this was all to divert attention from the indictments. This was two days after the indictments. He put all this focus on Lindsay and this alleged sex tape, which now we don't know if it does or doesn't exist, but I think it does. Oh my God. Oh, the bachelor. That is the grossest thing ever. It's so gross. The bachelor with whom it happened did come out and say like, yeah, this did happen. Like we didn't know we were being filmed. Oh my gosh. Um, He doesn't know who has it. Why is it called his bachelor tape? Why isn't it called his sex tape and it's her sex tape? Thank you. Great point. Thank you. I'm terrible. The patriarchal first. Uh, first Patriarchy of perfection. It's of of complete debauchery and it's it's appalling. It's absolutely appalling. So in terms of the other parts of the family story, do you remember little Chloe, who was just a baby when the show started? Kyle's daughter. Well, before the criminal charges, Todd and Julie legally adopted her. There were so many issues with her biological mom and Kyle that the Chrisleys, because they were quote, financially stable, married, had a house, young enough to still raise them, they got full custody of Chloe. Now they're going to prison. And it's said that Savannah, who is now just 25 years old, is going to get full custody of 10-year-old Chloe and 16-year-old Jackson, her (gasps) half-siblings. So you can hear all about that on her podcast, Unlocked with Savannah Chrisley. Don't listen. Speaking of podcasts, this came up on a recap and earlier in the episode, Lindsay is also the co-host of Coffee Convos with Kale Lowry. Lowry. Mm -hmm. And as I mentioned, Todd and Julie have a podcast called Chrisley Confessions. Now, I listened to a little bit of each of these podcasts. They are all... I was going to say insufferable. I'll say not great. (laughs) Okay. Insufferable. I think it's really weird that they all have podcasts and they all talk about each other's podcasts on the podcast. There's lots of crossover. They all appear on each other's shows. They cross promote, but they also have like a competition. Like Todd is constantly talking about Savannah's ratings. 
Lindsay's ratings. It's so so gross. And right now, Todd and Julie's Chrisley Confessions is very different from their show. So their show, they definitely are like, we're Christians because we're Southern. And it's Mm -hmm. sort of like this like cultural identity more than like a deep faith they seem to profess. On their podcast, they are like straight up preachers talking about the Bible and likening themselves to Job and all the um, like atrocities inflicted on them. Yes. And I am a person of faith, so I am not talking poorly of someone's religion and faith. Sure. That's very personal. But what I'm saying is on their podcast, which makes sense, it's not a network. They have probably more um, freedom to talk as they believe. But since their indictments, they have basically gone on there and talked about how like the Lord won't give them more than they can handle. They've got God's favor and God's protection. Truth will prevail, et cetera, et cetera. One of my I think favorite. The truth did prevail, didn't I'm it? Pretty sure in the court of law, the yeah. truth is very <laughs> clear. And here's the thing about the United States criminal justice system. I did it wrong. Okay. I'll be yeah. the first to admit. I've did series on series about wrongful convictions. When you have a federal financial crime case, they are so airtight. They do not go after people when they don't think they can win. Right. So yes, the truth has been stated and it's on the record. Um, I would like for you to listen to the first link. I just want, a, this is like a perfect little taste of what they're putting out into the world now post okay. their sentencing. This is after they've been sentenced. So that first These link, faces. the book of Job and listen from 418 to 540. You know, Todd, how do you do it? How do you and Julie put on, you know, a positive face? How do you guys smile, you know, with everything that you've got going on? And I can honest and truthfully tell you, and I'm only going to speak for me because I want you to speak for yourself. I can honest and truthfully tell you that it is by the grace of God. It is truly by the grace of God that I'm still standing. Yes. And, you know, I think about, I think about you. I think about our kids. I think about, you know, what's expected of me, not just from God, but from you as my wife from my children, from my mother, from your parents. Um, I think about what's expected of me from, from every person. And I just choose to believe, and I almost have to believe, that everything is in God's timing, not Todd's timing. And at the end of the day, you know, I had someone say, you know, why, why you guys, I mean, why is this happening to y'all? Why? And I have to say, why not? What right. makes us any better than the next person out here to go through what we're going through? Right. And that doesn't make it easy. It doesn't make it easy. It's the hardest thing you and I have both agreed. It's the hardest thing. That we- Just the fact them saying, this is the hardest thing we've ever gone through. Uh, No crap, Sherlock. You're going to prison for multiple (laughs) years. This is definitely the hardest thing you've gone through. Literally, they say. Literally. (laughs) I don't know. And then, I don't know, just to look on their show notes, like their show notes for like their sponsors and stuff is just kind of a wild thing in itself to just see Don't forget to support the show with the link. Like they're still, I guess, making money with their platforms. It's crazy to me that should in my opinion be part of the the punishment that you can't like Mm -hmm. take money from people who believe your bs the bless you to break you or break you to bless you thing i'm sorry i'm like no you 
break the law, you get jail time. Like that's, yeah. you, God There's didn't break blessing. you. You broke the law. Yeah. <laughs> They're just twisting Christianity to suit their needs now. Oh, absolutely. And it really bothers me. And yep. it is like this prosperity gospel nonsense mm-hmm. that I, I cannot stand. Same. So I have to say, I don't think I've dealt with two less winsome people in all the stories I've done on this show. I don't feel particularly positive towards any of their kids either, but I don't blame them. I think they're products of their environment and their parents' values, which contrary to what they say, I believe are greed, fame, and appearances. Dang, Rebecca. And with that, uh, the Chrisleys will be appealing their convictions. And to that, I say, good luck. Goodbye and good luck. Oh my gosh. So that's like 75% of the story of Chris Lino's best. And I don't think I mentioned the spinoff name, but Savannah and Chase got their own show three years into Chris Lino's best called Growing Up Chris Lee. Oh, I think I've, I've not as much, but I, I've heard of that being a thing. Yeah. And oh, also the family is all a unified front now. So if you go and listen to any of their podcasts right now, all the kids are saying, you know, look, we've had our problems, but we do not want our parents to go to prison. Savannah is very devastated over it. Sure. Understandably, that is a really yeah. hard thing to go through. I just feel for them because they've been lied to and they've been used and weaponized and manipulated by their own father mostly. I think Julie is like, she's not innocent bystander, but she allows him to just bulldoze his way through life and get them. And I just, it's just really a gross arrangement and I don't have yeah. a lot of sympathy for them. Yeah. A couple of things off the top. Wouldn't it be Please. cheaper to hire somebody, like send them through beauty school to figure out the exact haircut and <laughs> color you want than to fly to LA every two weeks? That is, well, doing that makes me angry. Efficiently or cheaply is never their motive. They want to do things that make people go, wow, look at them. Like, talk. Yeah, I did with the sex tape, <laughs> yeah. uh, like threatening thing. That is the yeah. wildest thing I've ever heard of a parent doing. Like, that is, I don't know how you come back from that to be so vile and to throw these names out there and just say she's having had an affair and she's ashamed of it. Or if she's not ashamed of it, if she's right. just like, sure, I did it, whatever. Such a terrible thing because you know you just want people to attack your your kid. Who cares what your kid says about you? I would. It just doesn't. His social media is filled with disgusting, toxic messages to his different kids at different times, and they've been fighting or estranged. He plays dirty and he plays it in public, and it's so immature. It's so petty. It's so and his you know his role as father is like his most valued trait and characteristic, and I think he's. I think he's like a poor excuse for a father. He also has claimed Lindsay just wants 15 minutes of fame. She's always been jealous of Savannah who got more like accolades on the show. Okay. And I did read that the show was originally going to be a lot more about Lindsay and her new husband, but they, it didn't work out or maybe they saw Will on camera. I don't, I don't know. And they were like, that's boring. So they moved on. So he says there's like residual bitterness and envy on her. It's again, to publicly say that about your own two daughters, like even if it's true to perpetuate it and put it out there for public consumption, everything he does is disgusting. I hope they serve their full sentences. I really feel bad for the younger kids, the 16 year old and the 10 year old. But like, I mean, maybe it'll deter them from, living a life that maybe it will deter them. 
Yeah. From following in their footsteps. I sort of wonder if this first producer who came up with this whole idea for them, the one he took, he didn't pay Mm $10,000. I wonder if this was a long con. If she was like, I'm going to get you a show. I know you're going to do terrible. And now Melissa, I love that idea. I love that. I want that to be true. Also, I read that she obviously never got that $10,000 back, but she now gets residuals of a couple hundred thousand dollars a year for that show just running like nice passive income, if I do say so myself. So she is winning. And you're right. What if she's like the she's the winner of this? She's the winner. She needs like a um, that's like a Aaron Brockovich story. We need to totally write this. Oh, yeah. I love the way your brain works. So. Sorry to give everybody this, this like really gross story just days before Christmas, but, um, you know, it, I do feel like it's what the people wanted. Uh, yeah, there was buzz about the Chrisleys. So yeah, here they are holidays. Mm -hmm. Your dad didn't threaten to release a sex tape from a doggy cam. Um, that is the grossest. I, I, all of it was gross, but once you get to there, I just, I don't understand no, the parental side of me just no. can't comprehend doing that to anyone, but your daughter, you, you monster. Parenting is like constantly putting yourself second and just being like, this hurts. And I want to say things. I There's things I want to yeah. say to my kids. I don't even say, because there will be no upside. The exactly. fact that he tweets them to millions of people, it's like, it's just incomprehensible. I, yeah. Oof, oof, oof. Well, I thank you. I learned so much. I learned I don't want to watch them. I don't want to yeah. support them. Good. I, um, all of those things. Yep. I do feel bad for the kids, like you were saying. And um, I mean, the older kids, younger kids, all of them, because. Yeah, no, that's a tough thing to lose a parent that way. Grown up with that. Now you're attached to this sure, whole thing. Sure this whole thing. So, Oh, they're in that really terrible place. Reality kids find themselves in where it's like they didn't, they came of age and became adults on a reality show. They have no normal way of making a living anymore. Right. So of course they all have podcasts. Chase has a candle line. Um, Savannah, stop with the candles. Stop with the kid. Also chase Chrisley candles is the name and it's CCC connected. I didn't even go into this. It's Coco Chanel's logo with an extra C. So we'll add that to the cheater brand episode update next time. Like I swear it's just, it, it, if there's no better, there is no better cautionary tale of don't put your family on a reality TV show I than know. this family. Like, you know, if Teresa I mean, and Joe weren't enough service. Yeah. But like, yeah, I other don't. people will learn. I just, I will never understand it. There's no amount of money that will no. make it worth no. it. No, no. Yeah. So Goodness. anyway, let's cleanse the palate Let's okay. talk about what we've been watching and you go first and give me some clues. Ooh, okay. So I've been watching one show still. I'm in a deep rewatch of Sister Wives. And my <laughs> other show is, I watch two things. Okay. I'm going to give you three clues. Will Arnett, mm-hmm. Maya Rudolph, mm-hmm. Jason Bateman. Oh, is it Murderville? It is the Murderville is Santa. It the new, oh my gosh. I want to watch it so bad. It is so much fun. Like I laughed so hard. I there's can't a part. Wait. It's all blurred out, but there's a part where one of the suspects becomes naked and they're just <laughs> watching it happen and having no idea. And just watching Jason Bateman's face. It's so funny. And Maya Rudolph, I just absolutely adore her. I think adore. She, she's in it. She is so funny. Um, they have a couple surprise guests, so I don't want to ruin that. But um, 
but the way it ends, like where they have like, if you haven't watched it before, it's an all improvised show where Will uh, Will Arnett is like the police officer and he's getting a new detective. So that's where Jason Bateman comes in. And later Maya Rudolph comes in to help investigate who killed Santa. Oh. And it's the person that plays Santa is perfect. Just all of it. It's, it's like after listening to the Chrisleys, watch that because it's like yes. the perfect palate cleanser. It is so perfect. funny. I just, I was crying laughing at one part. It's like nothing else brings me as much joy as watching them like, and they're all like friends. So watching them kind of go through it. They have a surprise guest at the end that doesn't <gasps> make a lick of sense, but it ends up being hilarious because yes. it doesn't make sense. So you'll oh, love it. Please wait. watch it. I didn't yeah. know Bateman was in this and you don't have to ask me twice to watch it anything he does i know and he's so he's just he's in it and and i love it and will arnett laughs way more in this one than he did the oh, first one so and i think fun. it's the jason bateman yes, connection of with course the two of them. oh so the good. two of them i do adore them on smartless adore them mm-hmm. if i were to get a todd chrisley dart board i would also want a jason bateman like pillowcase like as like the antidote <laughs> like i love him like he is my, like a pregnancy pillow, like yeah, that like a, size, like, a, like yeah, just really curling mm-hmm. up with them. Yeah. Yeah. I I'm don't even you. think my husband would care. No. <laughs> he also respects his work. Um, <laughs> that's a great, great watching suggestion. Um, I think people might like mine too. Okay. Um, okay. So, okay. I'll give you the clues. And then if you need another, I'll tell you something. Okay. Tribeca, divorce, Hanukkah. Wait, Tribeca, divorce, Hanukkah. It's the second season of a show I've watched and I think talked about. Oh, it's um, the little tiny short lady yep. with the shoes. Uh, <laughs> I saw it on the other day. I was like, I need to tell Rebecca Netflix. there's a new show. Yeah. Um, My Unorthodox Life. You're brilliant. Yep. Yay. It's uh, Julia Hart's show, My Unorthodox Life, season two. And for anyone who watched season one, season two is so different. Oh. And I'm still reconciling how I feel about it. It, it definitely showed a new dimension of Julia Hart and I'm a big fan. I find her incredibly captivating. Um, but there's like things she shows that kind of make me like disagree with what she does, but still like her. I, that okay. is the definition of a winsome person. If you can still be likable when you're making choices that, you know, as a viewer, you don't agree with, I think that's like someone you root for. It's like, right. You okay. see that in TV. Yeah, yeah. I, I just, it. that just kind of like came to me. Like she is a freaking winsome, like, I'll she just have what she's having. I will mm-hmm. drink what she's drinking. Like I love watching and listening to her, but her life gets completely turned upside down this season. The husband she's madly in love with in season one leaves her, steals things from their penthouse. There's there's a big gap between one and two, right? Because I would have thought there were several yeah, seasons. There's a pretty big gap. It's Yeah, there is. And a lot happened and it just picks up in the action. So if you haven't watched, it'd be really fun to go back and watch season one and go right into two because season okay. two is great. And the um, like ancillary characters, the supporting characters are so great. Her assistant, Robert, is a gem and has an interesting storyline this season. And um, it's fun. It's a fun, fun show. Okay. I need to watch it. I started Ghost on CBS and I'm uh mm. Kimberly from Date with Dateline loves it. Okay. And so I'm trying it and it's it's kind of fun, but okay. I think I need to get into a few more episode into a few more episodes. But I'm still in a Sister Wives deep rewatch. So I'm in like season eight now. It's okay. Forever. That's a perfect segue. It's like we plan this 
I moved this year, as you know, and I also fancy myself a really good gift giver. Like I, I like you, we mail each yeah, other gifts great. for mm-hmm. significant moments. It's not happening this year. I'm so sorry. I just, other than oh, my kids, okay. I just didn't really do gifts. I meant to tell you, let's not do that because oh, good. I, yeah, yeah. That's you, you ain't getting nothing. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> but I do have something for you and I'd like to give it to you right now. Okay. <laughs> it's verbal. <laughs> oh, okay. That's why it works for a podcast. I'm going to give you the gift of watching <gasps> Sister Wives and I'm saying it on the podcast, like not just like, oh, I should watch. I'm going to watch. I yeah, am yeah. going to spend time over the winter break watching Sister Wives so that we can really have that shared experience. I really want, I'm feeling left out is basically what's happening. I, it's a FOMO situation it's a at FOMO this point. Situation. I don't care how I you feel got like there. I'm, I'm up against the wall. Yeah, no, mm-hmm. I am going in. I've asked um, one of my kids to go in with me and she's <gasps> contemplating, <laughs> um, uh. but I'm going in and I will report back. Where are you starting? That's season one. Important. Oh, I, oh, you are going back. I'm going, okay. I have to set the stage. You have to set I the have tone. to understand. Mm-hmm. Will I watch every episode up till the recent? I don't know. I don't know no. if I have that kind of time. I think you could do one. Okay. And then come back in around 14. Really? Um, Shouldn't I do like one in the middle between those? Like okay, a yeah, pivotal? Maybe. I just, I don't want to miss me, too much. Let me think about it. Yeah, yeah. Give me a roadmap. Yeah. I'll um, give you. But I'm I going in. for you. And this, this is, is the greatest really, gift of all. Yeah. <laughs> if I can. Whitney couldn't... Houston sang about it and it was this. <laughs> oh, wait, no, that's the greatest love of all. But also it is the greatest love of all. This is the nicest thing anyone's ever done for me. Well, I'm happy to assist. And, you know, hopefully I'll be saying the same. Like, thank you for giving me the gift of finally watching Sister Wives. Um, no, you're not sure. No, well, you will. <laughs> it is so dark right now. Like I have been through so much with this show and watching so many seasons of not a whole lot happening, but still like keeping my attention. And it has paid off in ways I just couldn't imagine. Well, you've seen it on TikTok. You released one TikTok about one of the wives leaving. Me. Our most popular, our most popular and TikTok I even of all watched. time. I know. And it was not all for naught. Your, you know, dedicated service of the sister wives. You got yeah. to be on So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey talking about sister wives, which people should go check out because I know you all love the sister wives. Yes, I did. It was so fun. I was on the Mom's Murder Twitter and I saw something about sister. Oh, saw he wrote something about sister wives, and I was like, You're like I, I text or I messaged him. I'm like, Hey, if you ever want to talk sister wives, let me know. And he was like, Can you do it today? And I was like, Okay, Actually, yeah, I can. I've been preparing for this <laughs> for the last 14 years, and it was so much fun because he was asking me questions too. Like he's like, What about? Do you think this? I'm like. If you go back to season four, episode oh three, like this is your PhD. Is this is your dissertation. This is my, I graduated from SWU, Sister yes. Wives University. Oh mm-hmm. my gosh. That is like, it's like our sister school. Get it? Oh it's- my gosh. <laughs> PKU and Sister Wives University have mixers. I will. Okay. I'm going to pick, I'm going to create for our uh, <gasps> listeners a like top 10 episodes you should watch or something before you really get into I think like, that's the such seasons. a great idea. You got to see where Cody almost kills truly to really understand what happens. Not on purpose. Well, she got dehydrated and went to kidney failure, but you have to. Wait, is this an animal or a child? A child oh of his, oh one gosh. of Christine's children. So you got to see where his ego and you got to just 
Take it no, out. Give us the I'm roadmap. You are the high as a kite on this right now. You yes. are the guru. Wait, oh. have you seen the TikTok of the woman who does a parody of like Utah moms? I can't think of her name, but she has a she calls her daughter Chicken Lee, and I'm pretty sure it's like Chicken Lee to like be a parody <laughs> of Everly and Truly and names yeah, like that. She's like there's so many. She's like Utah moms. Like, and I'm gonna find it and post yeah, it. But it. she'll be like Chicken Lee. <laughs> <laughs> chicken Lee, that's such a good one. Um, I'm obsessed with them. I'm obsessed with their journey and how far they've come and how that is exciting. He is, yeah. So you get you're gonna get the best of. It's the that's best sort of. of like the clincher for me that I think I can is knowing that three have escaped. Um, because to me, it's got like yeah, that's got some like yeah. redeeming. Oh, I was narrative. I was in it thinking they'd be there forever. <laughs> I thought everyone would die probably by one of their hands at some point. <laughs> oh my gosh, I can't done. wait. Good. Yes. Well, Merry Christmas. And could you give me one more gift of three clues for the next episode? Yes, absolutely. So I hope you guys are excited about this. I'm sort of doing this for our friend Kim with People Are Wild. She Ooh. requested this Ooh. and Love it Kim. seems like the perfect one. Yeah, she's the best. All right. Three clues. Tom. Yacht. Connecticut. Luann. Bethany. No, no, no. You, you're oh. good. You got it. Okay. You got it. You're doing. We're going Luann. Oh my gosh. I am so excited. Only because you haven't done it yet. And it's you been almost two years and it. I feel like I can take it on. No. This will be my first Roni. And you're going to spend essentially New Year's like doing like, that's like the, the pinnacle of the story it happens on New Year's Eve. I, I, it's the timing was perfect. Oh I my gosh. Let it go. I am so excited. Oh my gosh. This is, this is my Christmas gift. This is your Christmas gift. Yay. Well, this was really crazy and fun. Um, wishing everybody a really happy and healthy holiday season. So Rebecca, quick announcement. Yeah. Quick announcement um, about Dialogue Podcast, my other podcast. Uh, I just released the final episode of it today, actually, Ugh. as we record this. So by the time you hear this, the last episode will be out and it's been a three and a half year, 153 wow. interview journey that I'm so incredibly proud of and thankful for, but, uh, it was time for me to like kind of close that chapter, if you will. And I have other stuff in the works that you guys will be the first to hear about, but, um, yeah, said I'm goodbye so to dialogue this week. You've done a great Thank job. You, Amazing work. You've had incredible interviews. I know you want this to be fast. So I just will say I support you in all your future endeavors you. and it's opened so many doors for you and it's yeah. going to continue to open doors and it's part of your journey. Completely. It's part of my repertoire. Ooh. Um, so yeah. And thank you for being a guest on it, a supporter of it. And for your, um, listen to the last episode, everybody. It's super fun. There's a really fun surprise at the end. Um, pod friends of mine popped into the episode unbeknownst to me, hijacked it and left nice messages. Yeah. So super fun way to end it. Honestly, it's bittersweet, but it's, it's right. I feel very like it's right. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. So Catch Melissa every Tuesday, except for the next couple Tuesdays or next Tuesday because of the holiday. But she is, um, of course, one half of Moms and Murder. And it's just me on criminality now. But you can follow me personally um, at Hi, It's Rebecca. And my website is RebeccaSebastian.com. That's where you'll find out about whatever's next that I'm doing in the new year. I can't wait. It's going to be a good year. 2023 is your year. <sighs> Let's hope. Yeah. I mean, the Chrisleys are going to prison. So, yes, it's going to be a good year. <laughs> It's not their year. We know that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> have a great New Year's. Happy New Year's. Wait, no, we'll be back before. No, we won't. Happy New Year. Hope you had a great New Year. Happy New Year. Bye. Bye.
Thank you for listening to Criminality. If you're enjoying the show, please head over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen and give the show a rating and review. The reality is it would be a crime to keep your thoughts to yourself. And come join the fun outside of the podcast and follow us on social media. We are at Criminality Show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Memes are welcome. We'll see you in two weeks with a new episode. Until then, you can catch my co-host Melissa on her weekly show, Moms and Murder. And Rebecca Sebastian on her podcast, Dialogue, a true crime conversation. Don't forget, loving reality isn't a crime.